Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and a warm welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to the Virtual University. We call it Springboard because one small idea, concept or instruction that you receive in this virtual lecture can literally catapult you to a whole new life. My name is Albert Okran and from now till you graduate at 8 p.m. I promise that your personal value will shoot up. Helping me save you tonight are my virtual academic board comprising Comfort, the strong woman we call the Registrar, along with Matthew and Amos. Springboard is a thematic radio seminar with a simple mission of equipping a new generation of African leaders and executives using the avenue of human capital development. This broadcast is put together by Legacy and Legacy, your preferred partner for world-class corporate training, and your superstition joy 99.7 FM. It is brought to you by the kind courtesy of EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank. Talking about legacy and legacy after last week's highly successful session on proposal writing and report writing. I have some good news tonight for anyone whose job interfaces in any way with customers. So management guru Peter Draka has stressed that quality in a service is not about what you put into it, but what the customer gets out of it. This means that you can put in a lot of effort and still not reap the desired results in terms of customer satisfaction. It is possible that after all your sweat, your sweat and toil, your customer will still remain unsatisfied. Let me give you one shocking statistic. Only 4%, that is one out of every 26 typically dissatisfied customers bothers to complain. The remaining 25, that is 96%, simply go away and 91% never come back. Most companies treat service as a low-priority business operation until customer attrition hits their bottom line, and by that time, it is often very expensive or even too late to recover. One customer can make a difference, and you don't get a second chance to make a good first impression. So, how do your frontliners like sales executives, front desk officers, and relationship managers imbibe the skills to dazzle your clients and give them the quality of service that will make them recommend you to others and keep coming back over and over again? In the month of July, specifically on the Wednesday the 2nd and Thursday the 3rd, the Knowledge Center presents a two-day training and development course on redefining customer service. The themes that will be to explore include our flagship Shiba model, how to dazzle the customer, customer retention strategies, and the one I love, how to convert customer complaints into referencing opportunities. You will love this. This course will provide practical tools and a systematic approach that will lay a foundation for providing excellent customer service in your organization. I'm going to ask my two guests about the importance of customer service in longevity in business along the line. But do contact Knowledge Center by calling Abna on 0544 315164 0544 315164 or 0244 359393 If you know the hotline for Legacy and Legacy, it is 024 999 555. Anytime you are in doubt, call that number. That is sure to reach Legacy and Legacy. If you want to send an email, the email is info at legacyandlegacy.com.gh. And that will give you more information about this course. Also take time to like our Facebook page on the show, Springboard the Virtual University for free videos and other resources to help add value to yourself. Well, on Springboard tonight, we continue our search for the secret behind change makers. We'll turn our attention to the subject tonight of persistence. I just have the right resource persons in the studio to discuss the subject. Joining me tonight, uh, Mr. Kubental, Vice President of Imani Ghana, or Imani Africa, or Imani. Okay, Imani, I think that's right. And then Mr. Kobi Asma, CEO of Type Ghana Limited. Kobi, six years, the first time I've gotten you to come into the studio. And Type recently celebrated 20 years in business. It's all happening right here on Springboard, the virtual investor, right here on Joy 99.7 FM. And before I even turn the show over to my guests. Let me say that at the end or somewhere in the course of this program, I'm going to be bringing you 10 notable statistics about customer service as we build up to that July training session. It's going to shock some of you, but you will find it very helpful. 
So let's start with our scripture verse for today. And it's on persistence. And you want to post the chapter and the book on Springboard the virtual university tonight. I'll be giving the first person a copy of the book Zafnatpania. If you have a promise over your life but find yourself in prison, this book will show you how to move from the prison to the palace. And so that copy will go to the first person to post the chapter in the book of the passage I'm going to read on the Facebook page Springboard the virtual university. So here are your Bible verses. There are two verses. We are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed if you are the first person to post where this verse or these two verses can be found just walk away with a copy of the book zafnat pania good evening and welcome to springboard copy and and copy good evening good evening thank you albert it's good to see you both yeah, good to see you too. Good right. To see you. So let me start by congratulating you, Kobe. Twenty years in business, something that we should be very proud of as a nation. Considering yeah, Kofi, the yeah. average, the average Ghanaian company uh, registered at the Registrar General doesn't make it to the first year. Hey, what's that? <laughs> so, Ghanaian business. Twenty years and is no mean. And Kobe is in the printing business, and he's not even in Newtown. <laughs> it, 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 it's a major, it's a major achievement hey, that big deal, that you big celebrate deal. big time. Kobe, yeah. tell me, how, how does it feel seeing the dream reach this point? Um, it's exciting, and it also puts a lot of um, expectation on my shoulders that if we've been able to achieve this much, then a lot more is expected of us. I believe that um, what we are doing is a calling. We it just like the parable of the talents. We believe that God has actually entrusted something in our care, and having hundred employees depending on us and our corporate clients, as well as even the nation and our community expecting so much from us. We believe that we have the destiny of the industry in our hands, and we we are excited about what lies ahead of us. We are challenged and provoked to even do better than we have done in, in the past. Uh, you remind me of Sam Walton, um, the founder of Walmart, when you talk about the calling. It, it seems that those who are able to endure, those who are able to persist, those who are able to build, tend to see their business as a calling, some kind of assignment. Would you say that is the case? I think so. Um, you see, it goes, the business goes beyond you as a person. And that's the reason why when you, you talk about persistence, I even look at it as an attribute or a character of a person. It's not something that you can easily impose on someone. It's a personality. So um, I believe that that personality is what would keep you going and would give you the adrenaline. It will um, kind of give you the, the lifeblood that will, will get you through what you're doing. I love the like We find now what happens when the adrenaline runs out because sometimes you just feel out of energy and out of gas. But Kofi, for, for the benefit of our listeners, what exactly is persistence? Stick to it evenness. Wow. That's how some people call it. Wow. Um, it describes it sticking to something. Stick to it evenness. And I think that word has come from um, trying to explain what persistence is. But persistence is that attribute which drives you to not give up on a dream. Okay. So that's how just explain it. It is that attribute which drives you not to give up on a dream. It's an attribute. It's something that you find with yourself. Kobe was saying something that um, people feel like it's a calling and it's beyond you. It's really true. Uh, the thing about persistence is that it drives you. So there are many things that we do, we want to do, we do. After a while, we lose interest, we leave it, and we you know, just move on. But there are a few things that you find you can't leave. And I have found that it's always when you get to the point where that thing is now beyond you or just beyond what you want out of it. All of us have little things that we do, which sometimes we feel, oh, let me just stop this thing and live my nice, peaceful life. But there's something about it that you feel is a calling. It's beyond you. This is not about whether I want to stop or I don't want to stop. But it moves you. That's why I say it drives you. Okay, not to quit until that thing inside you, which really never gets extinguished, okay, at least is resolved to a certain point. You get to the point where you feel like, I have not failed. You may never really get to the point to say, I have achieved everything. 
but at least you know that I gave it my all. And again, the important part is that it drives you. It gives you a sense of mission that is beyond yourself. The other thing I'll say about it is really an attribute, not um, um, a definition. You find that in every successful person. That's the amazing thing about persistence. I actually discovered it when I was studying entrepreneurship. And later I got to, you know, um, teach it. And in the attributes that make successful people, you find that when it comes to success or successful people, they come in very different shapes. In fact, that also puts a certain um, question on the value of motivational books and all those other things. I just said a question. Why? Because everybody tells you the story from their point of view. Some people are early risers. So it tells you wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Some people are late risers. You know, it tells you sleep late. Okay. Some are tall. Some are short. Some were born rich. Some were born very poor. You know, some had to struggle through. Some did not have to struggle through. They had to take things to the next level. Some were resisted. People like J.P. Morgan, who we talk about, and he's this and that. J.P. Morgan's father was a very successful banker. And J.P. Morgan moved on to do even greater things than his father did. And you know his story? His father tried to stop him. All right? So you can see different so things. Kind of like the John Austin, Joel Austin tradition. Yeah, you know? Right. Yeah, so point is that, and if you just take Joel, John, and all the other, Aurora Roberts, and I mean, all those guys, they have different stories. Whether in business, whether in ministry, wherever, you find everybody being unique. The one thing you find common to every successful person is a stick to it evenness is persistence let me let me come to Kobe and we'll, we'll be exploring this subject <coughs> as we go along I mean in your definition um, both of you have alluded to the fact that you just don't want to give up because of a sense of responsibility a certain vision that is bigger than yourself let's look at what is it that makes people give up on an idea what are the common reasons why somebody can get an idea and, and, and just give up on it what are the the, the the barriers obstacles hindrances persuasions that make people give up on an idea well um, Albert I'll say that the obstacle to starting a small business is not actually about products or selling or even money um, it's actually fear right so you think fear is number I one I think fear is number one and there are several questions that will come to to someone who wants to start a business. The you you wonder, and these are the questions that are very legitimate. You don't have the right degree or education. Right. You, your ideas is not your idea is not good enough. You think that you don't have the money. Will I face uncertainty? Uh, what if the the economy goes bad? Um, will I fail? Will I succeed? Um, my idea is not an original one, and it's so small. Why don't I take the, the, the easy path and go find something that will pay me every month? So for me, I think that fear is the number one factor that drives someone to to r- drive someone away from exercising his dream. Please don't miss out on my one of, one of the greatest fears that Ghanaians have. People will laugh at me. <laughs> People will laugh at me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. So fear, uh, Kobe, you think fear is probably one of the biggest inhibitions. Kofi, would you would like to add a, a, anything? Uh, that I you absolutely mean? agree. And right. what you added is actually important. The people will laugh at you. Yeah. I was speaking to a group of students at Tech. And when it came to fear, I told them that, you know what? I have a feeling that we actually don't fear fear. Let me explain. What we fear is what people will say mm-hmm. or think when we fail or if we fail. So when it comes to whether you will fail or not, I think as a person, for instance, if you lived alone or nobody would get to know that you failed, okay, if nobody would get to know, you might do it. Okay, so I, I was just trying to tell them that many times I think that failure itself is not a problem. We don't fear to fail. We fear to fail publicly. Mm-hmm. We fear to fail and have people see it. And what we are really afraid of is what people will say if we failed. Or what people would think if we failed. Then I said, you know what? Seriously, if you think two, three, four times about it, you will get to the point where you don't really care anymore what people think. So this point you, you know, brought about, you know, people will laugh at me and that kind of thing, you know. And and fear is a big deal. I also think that one aspect of fear is that 
Fear is present almost with everybody, but that's where the drive comes in. You get to a point where you realize that my fear alone is not good enough reason for me to give up on this thing. And what is driving you or what is pushing you or the mission that you see behind your work, okay, gives you a certain assurance that I'm going to have to do this even if it doesn't work out. So if you find people who breach fear, it's not because they don't have it. It's because they find a higher reason, okay, a bigger reason. Something beyond them that says that, well, I'm still going to do this because the fear of failure now becomes less than the fear of not trying at all. Okay, so we, we need to try and resolve fear. You know, there was a big man who said that the thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mm. If we try and resolve fear, we talk to fear. We start, you know, analyzing fear and say, you cry, what will you do to me? You know, okay, if I don't fear, what will happen? And then we get to point that, uh, we realize it's about what people think or say. We may be able to resolve it better. But again, if you want this badly enough, if you're passionate enough, you will find a bigger reason to do it rather than not do it. Is it possible to hold on to an idea for too long? When, when the preponderance of evidence suggests that this thing is not the right idea? Oh, yeah, yeah it's possible. It, it's possible. And there are many things to check. You know, if you wanted to produce uh, VHS videos, okay, you remember the video cassette? Absolutely. Uh, your children will remember. And you had a great idea for producing VHS videos. Okay. There is a definite point where you realize that no matter how well you do this one, it's not going to win. The, mar- and the market has moved on. It's moved on. Right. Okay. And there are many things in telecoms, for instance. Pay phones across the world are gone. Right. And I remember because I doubled in it that there were people who had fantastic technologies for certain things. You know, people who even wrote the programs for uh, dial-up. People made millions on writing the program for your telephone to dial into the internet. There's no program today that you can write well enough to do dial up when we are doing 4G. So um, there are things that, you know, within management studies, you can pinpoint and say, when this happens, the idea is dead. Please leave it alone. Move on to the next thing. But there are other things which are subtle, and those are the ones that are difficult, you know, to identify. But the answer is yes. You can hold on to an idea for too long, and that is not persistence. Persistence always has to do with something which has a potential to do something whilst, you know, um, at the time that it is implemented. Okay, so... Kobe, talk about having 100 employees. That means that in, in doing what you do, it means moving along with people. How do you deal with the fact that you sometimes are seeing a picture nobody else is seeing and it looks like you're out of your mind because you are seeing so far ahead and trying to move people along and they're thinking, listen, why are you trying to do this? Everybody else is operating in a particular sphere. Why are you stretching yourself so much? How do you get people to move with you when, as, as, as the leader, your idea seems to be way outside this world? That's much. That's, that's expected. I mean, for me, I, I believe that for anyone to travel in business, it's it's for you to to share your 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 vision and you should have a clear one a clear vision and paint it to your team once you paint it clearly and you get them to understand where you are taking them identify where you are today and try to link the two that this is where we are today this is where we are going and fit them in that space you give them information as you get along. You equip them with the, 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 the necessary equipment that they need, the skills that they need. Once they get the skill set and they buy into it and they, they believe that what you are doing is good for them, they will by all means die for the, 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 the vision. It's a clear vision that you, 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 you put out there. Many, many entrepreneurs are afraid to share their vision for one reason, that... What if this guy quits? I have a very brilliant idea. I share with this person, and six months down the line, he goes and tries to do the same thing that I'm doing. But for me, I think that you are better off sharing it. And every organization that depends on one person is is destined to doom. But the organization should be able to survive not because there's one person or one person who has left, but because the organization is working as a team. So the person can quit, go, but once you have a team working, it's definitely going to go. 25 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. This is Springboard, your virtual university, and this is Joy 99.7 FM. 
as you probably know by now, we've been navigating our way through what makes people change makers, what makes people succeed, what what are the what's the thinking pattern behind the work of achievers, what attributes do they have in common? Last week we looked at planning. Today we are looking at persistence. That attribute that sees. I, I read one definition that talks about obstinately holding on to things in the face of difficulty. The word obstinate is really simply means stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I guess that for anyone who will prevail, they must be stubborn about some things. What is it that makes people hold on to things in the face of difficulty and navigate their way to the other side? We are, we are hanging out with Kofi Bental of Imani and Kobe Asma of Type Ghana Limited as we explore the subject of persistence. And you may have your thoughts about this. Share them with us by posting them on Springboard, the virtual university. We'll be happy to let the whole world know what you think about this subject. We'd also like to let you know that in the course of this program, we'll bring you 10 very notable keys or statistics about customer service. And I'm going to be finding out, as we talk about persistence, how the customer plays into all this. But Kobe, let me find out from you. Have you ever given up on an idea? Are there things that you've started and said, no, this one is, is not worth it and giving up? Certainly. I mean, I would say, I would say that I, I would be, I'll be telling you a lie if mm-hmm. I haven't. I've started, a, I've started an idea and abandoned it before. Because, you see, for any entrepreneur, you, you have to be innovative. You have to know that you operate in an environment that is very dynamic. So you have situations changing. You have a situation where um, you don't control uh, the economy. You don't control your market. You don't control it, uh, what other companies do. So once you do it and you get to a space and you realize that it's not working, you think that you better deploy your attention and effort in a particular direction, you can easily abandon it. And you abandon it not because you have failed, but you think that is the right thing to do. Mm. There are other business ideas that you can also come up with, and the whole idea of it was not to persist, but an idea came up, you took advantage of it, you closed the deal, and just walked away. Kofi, let's talk about setbacks. Mm. Setbacks. Because on, a, on every entrepreneurial journey, on every, not just for entrepreneurs, but in running anything, leading people, working with people, there are bound to be things that just don't work out. Mm-hmm. How does one bounce back when things don't work out? You get to meet people who are starting something or are at the beginning of their, their journey, their career journey, and they face one major suspension, one major warning letter, one major crisis, and they just feel so deflated. Mm. But let's talk. How do how does one bounce back from from difficulties or setbacks? Um, I think you have to have a long view on life, and what I mean by long view on life is that look at things from a very broad perspective. And when you talk about how does one bounce back, I think I connected to what um, Kobe is also saying that look, we've all given up on many things. But there are a few things you and don't includes, have to do. That includes when you propose and you are bounced. I, I, I <laughs> well, yeah, you see, you when you propose and you are bounced, you better move on. <laughs> because there's no point. <laughs> you know? So there will always be things like that. And frankly, you know, it's the Pareto rule. For one, for every idea that you pursue, there will be five you give up. So I tell people, try as many things as possible. One of them won't give up on you. The idea just won't leave you. How do you bounce back, have a broad view on life? I tell people, frankly speaking, life is short. So you took, take 80 years if you are, you know, the Bible gives you 70. If you are lucky nowadays with medicine and all kinds of things, you may get to 100. You shouldn't think about living beyond 100. It, it's so short. Blink and you are 40, you know. So the long view says this. Look, if this did not work because of somebody, because of something, Okay, because you miscalculated something or because you take, took a wrong turn and you take the long view to your life and you appreciate that it is some of the things that you do not do which you will regret later. Mm. Then if this is one of those things that you think will define your life or those things that give you such joy or fulfillment, then it absolutely is worth trying 10 times. Get back again and get onto it. And you know the thing about persistence, what, 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 successful people will tell you is that every time they fail on something, they learn a lesson. There's a company that you know has this maxim that it says we never lose money. 
And when they say that, what they mean is that anytime they lose money, they learn a lesson and it prevents them from making the same mistake another time. So they take it as paying, you know, for some education. So you learn from every attempt, okay? And then the next time round, you are likely to be better. You will do the same thing in a shorter time and you will do a few other things. The way you uh, execute your idea the next time round is going to be better. So when it comes to bouncing back, you just have to ask yourself, is this one of those things which I want to really commit to? Right. And like I said, if you don't feel passionate enough about it, mm. if you do not want it badly enough, okay, if you do not think this defines your life, it does not give you sufficient joy, whether it's success or not. There are some of these things that when you do, even if it doesn't become all that you want it to be, it fulfills you just by getting to a certain point. If you find that it is that important to you, never have a problem bouncing back, then you would have an en- the energy to do so. Another way to bounce back is to learn. I mean, every defeat or every setback will break you. It will do something to your ego. It will do something to your energy. It will do something to the way you are thinking. You will question yourself. Okay. But after you beat up on yourself, get back and ask yourself, what lessons have I learned? All right. And if you are able to do the learning, you might find that the learning itself pushes you to go back. Because you know how to do it better or you know what not to do next, you know, next time around. So bouncing back also involves learning from the experiences that you get. All right. And then generally speaking, ask yourself, sometimes you don't succeed. There are many people, there's a saying that I see far because I stand on the shoulder of, shoulders of giants. Right. There are many people who will not be the ones who will cross the line as an achieve greatness. But by what you do, you're going to push the thing so far that the next person who tries will make it. Mm. All right. So that broad view, okay, helps you to bounce back, even if you're not going to enjoy the fruits of your labor right now. Kobe, let me ask you about faith. Faith, the, the, the leader's personal faith. Would you see the personal faith, and if I may add, relationships are a strong support mechanism for the times when you are weak. I mean, read through the scriptures. David got to a time when he was weak. Everyone goes through a time when you are just down, deflated. Your, what you call the adrenaline is gone. And the, would you say that your personal faith and then also the relationship you surround yourself with have been key factors in keeping you going when you felt weak? Certainly. I mean, you hit it right on the head. You, you certainly need a, a support base. You can't live in an a, a island. That's the reason why companies even need a board, so that you can bounce ideas off them. They can give you inputs into what you're doing. And the support base basically can be for, from a church, from a fellowship. It could be from friends. It could be from corporate people who are serving as mentors. It could be from a variety of people who would give you the assurance, give you the heads up when you are down, and so forth. But for me, I believe that the biggest and the best is a faith in God. The point is that whatever we are doing is not by our own might. It takes a faith or something that is beyond our very strength. So you do it, you finish it, and you realize that I haven't succeeded because I was so special. And particularly if I have to tell you my story, I... I don't think that I was so special to occupy this position, but, unfo- but fortunately, I find myself in such a place. And I believe that God has just ordained this to happen. And he just gives me the strength. He gives me the, encourage- the encouragement when I'm down. He gives me the encouragement and assures me anytime I'm down. So that motivation, that support is always there. And you get it from your, your leaders in church, you get it from friends, you get it from a support base. And sometimes, and for me particularly, I have the support of my wife. Mm-hmm. Good evening, Ify. I'm sure you're listening tonight and I'm sure you're enjoying this one. We celebrate you as well. You, you, you together with Kobe have done this, this amazing uh, work Cecilia together. Cecilia is also listening. Uh, thank uh, you. You know. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to play a song for both of them in a couple of minutes, but it's just beautiful to celebrate what, what, what we are doing. Let, let, let's, let's, let's take with the subject of faith for one more minute. And, and um, Kofi, mm-hmm. is there a link between the leaders' faith and their, their business's ethical framework? All the time. All the time. And you know, this faith thing, eh? You know, I 
study businesses like corporate, whatever. And the new the world order as we have it now is mostly defined by Anglo Saxon culture, the Europeans and Americans. All right. And if you the, the more you read about them, let me just give you one example. John Rockefeller, the American magnate, who is believed to maybe be the richest man who has ever lived apart from Mansa Musa. If you take his uh, wealth and bring it into today's um, value, John Rockefeller is seen as a baron, and he's seen as a corporate raider. People don't like him because of how wild he was. What well, not wild as in bad, but he he tried to do everything and take over everything within his area. Okay, Standard Oil, which was later broken up, and that's a very interesting, you know, um, history you know, of corporate you know existence once upon a time. But you know what? What drove John Rockefeller was because he believed God had called him to prosper. He actually believed that God had called him to do what he was doing, which was refined kerosene, okay, and to supply the world and to make money, okay, and to help people and to do all kinds of things. And you know, there's a certain level beyond which you can't find the energy to move on, except you are tapping it from another source. Another source. You know, so if even it is not faith in God, you have to believe in something. something. Okay, because there is always that extra emotion that you need, which comes from the belief that there is some other thing which is requiring you to do this, that makes you go above yourself. Some of the very, you know, notable businesses with, you know, excellent service, people did it not because they were serving their customers per se, but they did it because it was part of their faith. So this thing about faith is quite important. And again, like I said, if it's not just, or it's not even believing in God or Jesus Christ, whoever you believe in or whatever force you, you believe is behind you to try and make you do things. Actually, um, this is controversial, but the thing, you, you know our history, let's say Shanti history. Some people say, oh, Kompanoji didn't even bring the golden stool. They made it from some corner. It, it doesn't matter. But the thing is, if you believe in it, it moved a whole group of people to conquer their world. Okay, the Ashanti Kingdom. Believing that this person did this. Alright? So, point I'm trying to make is that faith, and it doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not, but if you believe in something that is the source of, you know, the energy that you have, that is the overarching, you know, power that is causing you or requiring you to do something, it gives you a certain edge over some somebody who does not have anything. And that edge is extremely important in achieving high levels of performance. Absolutely interesting point. And what you will do or not do is defined by what you believe or do not believe. It is 22 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. And this is a very interesting discussion on persistence with Coffee Bentel of Humani Ghana and Kobe Asma of Type Ghana Limited as we explore what are the secrets of change makers. Um, Fidelis Bagulum, writing on Facebook, says there is no discouragement or obstacles to our dreams. It's just the lack of capacity. If Okwami advice is success is the result of perfection, hard work, learning from failure, and loyalty. Talking about loyalty, I'm going to be sharing some secrets about customer service in our Ten Commandments segment after the musical break. Farid says persistence is a demon in individuals that drives them towards a particular point or goal in life. I didn't know about demons, but I think, <laughs> I, think I think this is or a yielding force. It is a, it is a redefinition of persistence. And <laughs> just for the purposes of uh, today's discussion, let me say that um, our winner of the book Zafnat Pania for finding the scripture verse is Arison Elom. So Arison gets to add one more book to his library. I'm going to give you the opportunity very shortly to join this very interesting discussion about persistence. Have you carried an idea halfway through and you are tired? Talk to my resource persons. You just could receive that adrenaline to complete the second half. And you know what? In football matches, a lot of what happens in the second half is very critical to victory. But let's talk about my 10 commandments, one of the segments that our listeners have come to love. And so today, because of the importance of customer service, we want to share with you 10 notable statistics about customers. And I'm going to ask for feedback from my guests when I wrap it up. So the first one is that deterioration in service is often gradual, silent, and without any fanfare. When things are going bad, it starts gradually, gradually. The Bible says Samson assumed that the power was there as at other times until he realized that the power was gone. So deterioration in service is often gradual, silent, and without any fanfare. Number two, 80% of companies say they deliver superior customer service. 
However, only 8% of people think that these same companies deliver superior customer service. 80% of companies think they deliver superior customer service. On the other side, only 8% of people think that these same companies deliver superior customer service. And that is from the customer service held by a Brad Tittle. The question is, whose voice do you believe? Your own voice or that of the customer? The third statistic, 56 to 70% of the customers who complain to you will do business with you again if you resolve their problem. And if they feel that you acted quickly and to their satisfaction, up to 96% will do business with you again. And they will probably refer you to other people. The source of this one is the White House Office of Consumer Affairs in Washington, D.C. Governmental, the White House has an office for consumer affairs. <laughs> That's the, the league we are playing. All right. Number four, why do customers quit? Number one, 1% die. 3% move away. 68% quit because of an attitude of indifference towards the customer by staff. 14% because of product dissatisfaction and 9% because of competitive reasons. The source is Michael Lebeff's book, How to Win Customers and Keep Them for Life. Let me run them by you again. 1% of the customers die, 3% move away, 68% quit because of an attitude of indifference towards the customer by staff, 14% because of product dissatisfaction, and then 9% leave because of competition. All right, so that is your fourth one. Number five, it takes 12 Positive service incidents to make up for one negative incident. <laughs> now that's bad news. Twelve positive incidents. I'm going to find out which of these these ten is really tickling you tonight. You're just laughing in the studio, <laughs> right? That is, the source of this one is Lee Resources Incorporated. It takes twelve positive service incidents to make up for one negative incident. Number six. Eighty percent of complaints received by an organization are likely to have poor communication as their root cause, either with the customer or within the organization itself. Number one cause of customer complaints is poor communication. Number seven, it costs five to six times as much to get a new or first-time customer as it takes to keep a current one. This is again from the White House Office of Consumer Affairs in Washington, D.C. It takes five to six times as much to get a new or first-time customer as it takes to keep a current one. So keep the ones you have instead of prospecting for new ones. <laughs> right. Number eight. This is interesting. Patronize your own products. If your staff are often cited using your competitor's technology, their products or their service, it is a loud statement about internal confidence. Mm-hmm. Number nine. A 2% increase in customer retention. Those who are concerned about cost, this one is important. A 2% increase in customer retention has the same effect as decreasing your cost by 10%. And this is from the book Leading on the Edge of Chaos by Murphy and Murphy. 2% increase in retaining your customers has the same effect as decreasing your cost by 10%. And then the final one, this is interesting. 84% of customers are frustrated when a representative or customer service person does not have immediate access to account information. They say, I'll get back to you, and they never get back. It is one of the most frustrating things for customers, and 84% of them are frustrated for that reason. So these are your 10 commandments of customer service. I'm sure you want to write them down. I'm going to post them in exactly two and a half minutes at Springboard, the virtual university. So you can actually like the page and copy these things and work with them. And if you want more information, you have the good news. Sign up to the customer service workshop on the 2nd and the 3rd of July. It's a whole day affair, 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. We would work through a charter and help you work a system in place to be able to measure where you are because very often by the time the, the symptoms begin to show, it is almost too late to do any repair. Let me come to my guests to find out whether the practitioners can corroborate what I'm saying. Let's start with Kofi. Kofi, you do a lot of work on customer service. Mm-hmm. Are, we on, are we on point? Absolutely. And sometimes when you see the actual figures at play, 
It's amazing. You know, people don't realize that all your advertising is supposed to get a new customer. They don't realize that even your vehicles, the branding, the nice lady you've put in your place, the, the, the paint that you paint your office every day, there's a lot of effort that goes to build what we call the company's perception with which you try and get new customers. By the time you calculate all the amount of money you've spent in getting one new customer, you have actually made a net loss. Mm. Mm? So there's a saying that every new business is a net loss. Right. And therefore, if you continue losing customers and making new customers, as in prospecting for new customers, you are making a series of net losses. The reason is because if you get one good customer by virtue of all the advertising and all the nice things that you do, and you keep that person... Then you don't have to go back and, you know, do the same thing over and over and over again. Which is why the calculation comes back that four to five or six times, you know, that kind of thing. And then when you talk about even dealing with old customers, there's something called emotional switching. Mm. If your account officer is dealing with an old customer, they know them from a previous encounter. So once they hit, you know, the place, things start going. Right. If it's a new customer, they have to now try and understand who the person is, try, you know, get connected to the person, know their needs, that kind of thing. That takes a lot of work. And if your people have to continue to do that, they burn out. The customers themselves seem to enjoy the fact that it's institutional memory. There so is, you just simply know what to do. Connection. The right buttons to press. Yes. Let, let, me, let, let me come to you. How critical has customer service been in the success of type Ghana Limited? Uh, for, for us, we, we, we don't see customer service as even a department. We think that every single individual in the company performs a function of customer service. We believe that there's a can shift. I, can I then assume that I have 100, 100 participants in the workshop? <laughs> yes, certainly. I mean, yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, Absolutely. Because I believe that it's a relationship that you, you are actually building. It's not a situation where it used to be that you came here, you walked through our door just for a job. And I've done the job for you. Mm. Are you satisfied? Yes, you walk out. But it's gone beyond the door mm. to actually finding out the interest of the customer, mm. where the customer works, what he does, even to some extent, even know the name of his dog, the name <laughs> of his children. And you have no idea how excited they become when you are able to mention their name the, the, the second time you meet them. Right. Even when they are wearing a name tag, yes. mentioning the name you of the And, and, and talking about the, dog, the football yes. team, your, your customer support is big. I'm telling you something. More discussions have been made talking about Barcelona. Sometimes it's better to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their team is losing. <laughs> and it's the narrator once is listening to Kobe Asma and the type story and thinking back to the detailed case studies of companies I encountered, I encounter in my current operations and supply chain course. And I'm asking, do we have in-depth research publications on our companies in Ghana? Do we have the UT story, the type story, the Belaka story, the M Pedigree story, Rankard, Soft Tribe, Ashesi, CUC story? So, so what he's talking about is, yeah. is, is a book and or some kind of documentation. Kobe, whilst you are on this on this network, do you make us a promise that we should look out for the type story in, in print sometimes? Certainly. I mean, we've, we've had a few, a couple of people approach us and ask that if we would allow them to do a case study on us. Uh, we have two on our decks now. I'm sure they are two people you know very well. There's a structure to it. And you see, Kobe can write his story, but it will be from a certain point of view. Right. Doing what I do, we have to use case studies from a Harvard Business School, that kind of thing. To write a case study to be used in the classroom, must go through a certain structure. And there's the, the, there's the story type, which you do. And each of them has a story that can be written. So at three levels, yeah. from the practitioner or the person's own point of view, mm -hmm. it can be written as a book that is useful. And then as a case study to be used in schools. And really, we need those things done. Um, I'm one of the people who has to do that. But there are certain reasons why it hasn't been done. That's another story. And then there is the general big deal, which is not necessarily from his point of view, but the whole story that has to be written. So for each of these, okay, if this were an American situation, there will be at least three books on them. Absolutely. And not because they want to tell their story, but because it is important that we understand how Kobe survived in this environment under these conditions. The word is legacy. The word is legacy. And the painful legacy. thing is that our children get to read about people who are doing things outside, which yeah. is about half of what you are doing here, because mm -hmm. you don't have in print what we have done. Once we don't tell our story, others will tell their story and we have to buy from them. Mm -hmm. It is seven minutes to the hour of eight o'clock and this is the time when I get to bring you in on the show. If you are listening tonight and you have some thoughts about persistence, just 
get on the phone lines. The number to call zero three zero two two one six five four one. Are you pushing a dream and do you feel like giving up? Talk to my guests. Who who knows? Something they see might just ignite some fire in you and help you to push all the way to the top. Zero three zero two two one six five four one. Call into the show. Let's talk. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, Alex. Oh. Stephen, tell me, are you have you learned something about persistence? Yes, I have lived through it, so I know what it means. So you, For four years, I've tried doing something, and I'm now succeeding. Yeah, yeah. That, hello. Yeah, go ahead, Stephen. Now to say that because somebody thinks that you are going to lose, or you are going to fail, or you are afraid of what people think about what what will happen if you fail, and so you are not going to attempt anything, and because of that, has caught you in a state of inertia. To me, it's the highest form of uh, immaturity. You understand? Right. And again, talking about persistent, uh, being persistent, in our time, the youth of today, we think that succeeding at anything is like preparing indomie. So after five minutes, if it doesn't happen, we just abandon it and then we move on. But as for me, I have lived through it, so I've experienced it, and I can tell you that a time will come, there will not be any energy for you to move on. Right. You have to encourage yourself to give yourself the intrinsic motivation to move on to achieve, you know, greatness, and that's what people who succeed always do. The key word is intrinsic motivation. Something on the inside working on the outside. Let me take a couple more calls. Hello, good evening. Good evening, Albert. Imano calling from Somalia. Imano, tell me, are you are you moving on with something in, in the face of difficulty? Yes, Albert. I actually started business and failed before. And then I had to learn the, the, the practice of actually reading. And I tell you, one of the greatest books I've read in my life is uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. It has a particular chapter on persistence. Absolutely, yeah. And I tell you, if you read that chapter, you get to know that persistence is the epitome of success. Once you achieve that, there is no failure. I tell you, Albert, and I can tell you that persistence is a long way to success. Once you get there, there is not like failure. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Emmanuel. You you bring it home very nicely with that with that chapter from Napoleon Hill. Something I've read very much and I can I can attest to. Let me take the last call. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Richard. I'm calling from Teshi Tebidiana. Richard, tell me, are you prevailing, pursuing a particular demon like the guy described it? <laughs> um I've I've carefully listened to the program and the one point was about fear. Mm. And yeah, fear and perseverance. And um, honestly, I, I work in a very big organization. I'm the head of the customer engagement, that's the customer service. And um, I, one of your resources said something about how do you know your your, your guest um, pet's name and kid's name. It's very very important. So I've learned a lot tonight. And um, the program of the customer service program, I'm entitled to come. Of course, you are absolutely permitted. And I want to take this opportunity to invite yourself and everyone in your organization. Listen, it's not giving just about holding a course or anything. It's more about the reality and the pain that people go through. And coming back into the studio, I mean, for many people... um, let me give you the final chance to comment, um, um, Kofi, for a minute on the fact that very often by the time you get to see the symptoms of customer dissatisfaction, mm. it, is, it is literally almost too late. Just half a minute to... Yeah, and many reasons account for that, but it's also because people are not watching what is actually important. Um, it's taken about 30 years to get people to appreciate that customer service is the most important thing. If you are an engineering company, they have what we call orientation. They focus on the engineering. If Kobe is a printer, he focuses on the printing. But all that works towards one thing, which is customer service. And like you say, people have a certain perception of their own you know, performance as far as customer service is concerned, whilst their customers have a different perception. Again, because they are not asking them. All right. So, yes, by the time you realize that this is the problem, it is actually eroding you on a major level. Right. So I tell people one simple thing. Ask them. Mm. Ask customers. Hold it there. Ask customers. And that's the closing thought from Mr. Kofi Bento. Kofi, let me give you a chance. Half a minute to give us a closing thought. And I want you to tie it into asking them what mechanisms do you have in place for touching base with with the customers, for the benefit of somebody listening tonight, tonight, what strategy do you use in keeping yourself informed about how customers feel about the service you give them? 
it's all about communication and the systems you put in place and making sure that you have tangible data and um, a route that you use to pick data. S some people use um, uh, surveys, surveys yeah, but we, we make sure that we have salespeople, customer service people who have actually um, segregated the customers who ask them, once you receive your job, a question will go, once, w how do you feel about the job, how do you feel about us, and how do you feel about coming back to us? And all this is documented and analyzed for future. Right. I've always believed that if you don't continue to talk to your clients, whether they are bringing work or not, somebody will start talking to them. Right. And once the person engages them, then you will see that the, a relationship starts. It's like a girl. <laughs> if if you start, if you decide not to talk, to somebody, will, somebody will, will talk. talk. Yeah. On the wings of the girl and on the wings of the talking, we bring you, we bring down the curtain on another exciting edition of Springboard the Virtual University. My guests tonight have been Kofi Bento and Kobi Asma. Wonderful discussion. My fellow Ali graduates or my Ali fellows, we've had a very interesting discussion on persistence, and I trust that you have learned something to help you build that dream and hold on steadfast. Be thou steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We've spoken about faith about relationships, about customer service and everything in between. Next week we, we bring you a very interesting discussion about partnership and I'm going to bring, bring on board a very interesting personality or two very interesting personalities very popular artists and we'll find out about partnership and you will enjoy it. Right. So let me remind you, just for the benefit, that in the month of July, the 2nd and the 3rd of July, we are presenting you with a knowledge, at the Knowledge Center with Redefining Customer Service. If you want to find out about the course, the number to call 544 355 or 024-999-555. I want to say thank you to Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, for consistently supporting Springboard, the virtual university. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 nine. 000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. No more searching, searching.